Welcome back to Octopulse, our Detroit News, Detroit Red Wings podcast. I'm assistant sports editor Mark Faulkner, joined by beat reporter Ted Colfin. Coming up, we'll hear from Red Wings prospect Cross Hannes. But first, Ted, so much to talk about. Day three of free agency continued today. The NHL draft has come and gone. The Red Wings stockpiled talent for the future with first-round picks, defenseman Simon Edvinson and goalie Sebastian Kosa. And before that, Steve Eisenman traded for goalie Alex Nadelkovich and defenseman Nick Letty. He's re-signed Mark Stahl and Sam Gagne and added center Pew Suter and defenseman Jordan Osterle. Are they any better? Here's Eisenman from yesterday's Zoom call. I hope we're better. Um, you know, uh, it's a day after the first day of free agency. We all, for the most part, I think every team sits back and you look at your board and you think, you know what, I think we're a better hockey team. So... Uh, I do. Um, you know, we're going to have some younger players playing bigger roles. Sometimes that uh, can be a challenge. It, it um, but I, you know, I think I think our back end is a little stronger. It's a little bit more mobile. Maybe a little bit more offense out of it. I think uh, having Suter there with a healthy Tyler Bertuzzi, um, I think we get a little bit more offensive output from everyone. I hope that translates to wins. So, I guess. I think so, but I can't guarantee it. <laughs> Ted Eisenman said he hopes they're better. He said the defensemen are more mobile, maybe more offense, and maybe Suter and a healthy Tyler Bertuzzi will help on offense. Overall, there's no guarantees, as he said, but will they be better, Ted? Can they play 500 hockey? They were eight games under 500 last year. That may be a tall task, Mark. I don't know about you, but I think people tend to forget that They'll be back in the Atlantic Division next year with Tampa, Toronto, a very good Florida team on tape. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Tampa, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Montreal is back in the division. They might, You know what, Mark? It's one of those things where on paper they might be a better hockey team, but that's not going to necessarily translate into the standings. Much to, you know, Along with the fact that they're going to be seeing a lot – uh, the, a lot of those other teams that they didn't see this past year with the where the schedule was configured. So, but I do think it's a better team. I mean, when you add a Nick Letty and mm -hmm. Alex Nadelkovich to your roster, there, and of course, and then Pius Suter too, a very interesting addition from Chicago. That's three veterans who make them deeper and stronger than they were a year ago. Um, I think they are a better team. It just might, may not necessarily show up in the standings all the time. So, Ted, the last time the Red Wings made the playoffs was in 2016. They were 11 games over 500 the first year that Jeff Blaschel was the coach. They lost to Tampa Bay in the first round, 4-1. Nikita Kucherov, by the way, scored five goals in that series. Since 2016, though, five straight years of missing the playoffs. In 2017, they were three games under 500, then nine games under, then eight games, then that disastrous 32 games under, and then eight games under last year. So Montreal got into the playoffs this year, only three games over 500. The Jets and Blues were seven games over 500. At a minimum, based on the last five years of playoff hockey, the Wings would probably have to improve by 10 or 15 victories. And as you just said, they could be a better team. But that's not going to happen, right, in that division, Ted? Is that essentially what we're saying? Yeah, I think it, they'll be hard-pressed to be in the top three. <laughs> I mean, the top three obviously qu automatically qualify for the playoffs. I can't 
in many truthfulness, say they're better than Tampa, Toronto, or Florida. And they may not be better than Montreal uh, or Boston, for goodness sakes. Um, you know, it's just too tough of a road to hoe. It really is. I think that division is going to be extremely deep. I mean, they're progressing for the, to the future. Um, this season was such a strange season. Only 56 games. You're only playing seven other teams. It was such an outlier. It really was. But I just there, – there's progress there. It's a deep, better roster for sure by miles and miles than it was two years ago. But a playoff contender, no, not yet. Not yet. Ted, let's quickly hear from some of the new players just catching up. First, here's center Pew Suter. Do you have a list of teams mentally that you kind of thought might be a pretty good fit when, you know, free agency started yesterday? And was Detroit one of those teams that you kind of thought, mm, that might be an interesting place to play? Yeah, I would say for sure with the situation. They've enjoyed them, the, my age, and uh, my goal also is to, you know, have good ice time and keep going what I started. And, yeah, Detroit was uh, for sure one of the teams in, in my mind. And, you know, the interest was there. So it was uh, nice, to, nice to hear. Was there a lot of teams that contacted you yesterday? Did you have a lot of offers to go through before you chose Detroit? Uh, yeah, there was actually a lot of interest. I uh, took it as a compliment. And, you know, then it turned out uh, pretty quick. And then I felt like, uh, yeah, no, I uh, want to make a decision on the first day and not wait uh, too long as I maybe originally thought because uh, there was no really point in, in waiting. Yeah. Last one. I mean, were you disappointed or hurt when, I don't know hurt was the right word, but when Chicago didn't qualify, that, I know you kind of said you were a little surprised, but did that kind of, it's like, why, what more do I have to do? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, the, the way it works with the, the salary cap and, you know, the contract situations and you see what happens the next few days, it's kind of, you know, I mean, I guess more sense. I, I know, I mean, I always say if you, hopefully if you play well and, you know, they kind of want to uh, keep you, but, uh, you know, the, I guess the situation didn't work out and uh, I'm happy uh, being in Detroit. Ted, what are your thoughts about that second line position? It could fall to Suter. It could fall to Fabry. Rasmussen could move up. There could still be trades, too, moving forward. But any thoughts on a second line center, maybe Nemestikov moving up there? Any ideas on, on what could happen to sort of boost the offense? Suter's an interesting addition. I mean, he had a nice season, but I would caution some people in the respect that from what I gather and from what I remember when they played the Blackhawks, it seemed like every other night. He did play a lot with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincrat. Mm -hmm. I don't see Kane and DeBrincrat on this <laughs> round. So I would be a little cautious about maybe temper the enthusiasm just somewhat. But he did, I mean, there's no question he had skills. It'll be an interest, it's an interesting ad. It should make them stronger. They do have, I mean, they have a lot of forwards who are versatile. So, like Eiserman's mentioned a couple times, they have options. Uh, mm -hmm. Robbie, we can play center, and Ametstakov can play center. It's a good forward group. I still don't know if it's an elite forward group by any stretch, but I think the capability is there to score some goals.
Let's hear now from a defenseman from Dearborn Heights, uh, a defenseman that uh, you talked to about his Dearborn Heights background, Jordan Osterley. Jordan, any favorite players growing up or anything like that? Whose jersey did you have? Obviously, I was a big Nick Lynch from fan, um, Steve Eisenman, um, Darren McCarty. Um, those guys were uh, unbelievable to grow up and be able to watch and, and go to those games and see those guys play. So I think as I got older and, and decided to become a defenseman and stayed one. I, um, I really tried to watch Lindstrom and, and became a big fan of his. So um, there were a lot of players that you could watch and, and try to emulate your game after. All right. My son played at DC at 2014 and 2015. Did coach Dallas try to recruit you a lot or you were playing for Bell Tire, right? I mean, yeah, Tire at that time um, going into my freshman year. Um, he tried to recruit me, but um once I said no from there, he kind of left it as it was. Um, never really tried to get me to come come play for them again. But um, maybe if it was like a Catholic Central or a, or a brother. <laughs> up, but, yeah. What are your thoughts about Osterley and where he might fit in? The left side is clearly better than last year. And Steve Eisman seemed to think that the defense might be a little more mobile and maybe can help out offensively. But how about Osterley? And what are your thoughts about what he might bring to the team, Ted? I don't think he's a star by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a good mm-hmm. player. I mean, he's, he does some nice things on the ice. Um, can always A team's always better by adding a Dearborn, Michigan grad. <laughs> Having a Dearborn, Dearborn Heights person on the roster, that's always a plus. Um, I'll tell you one thing, my friend. It's a, it's, they have eight NHL defensemen on their roster now. I mean, they yeah. were – will be a push for playing time that's that's got to be a plus and compared to last year or two especially two years ago it's like a night and day situation the, the group on the whole is so much better than it was before we hear from nick letty and alex nadelkovich here's our feature interview with red wings draft pick cross hannis Joining us now is 19-year-old left winger Cross Hannes, a second-round draft choice of the Red Wings in the 2020 NHL draft, and he's in Plymouth this week for the World Junior Summer Showcase. Cross, welcome to the podcast. It's been a year since you were taken in the second round with a 55th overall pick, and what a year it's been, right? The pandemic, as we were just discussing, you played in two different leagues with the Lincoln Stars and the United States Hockey League your Portland Winterhawks in the Western Hockey League, and now you're competing for a spot on the U.S. National Junior Team, which will be trying to win back-to-back titles in Edmonton later this year. First of all, how does it feel to be back on the ice in Detroit Cross and spending some time with the Red Wings development staff as you prepare for what could be a breakout year back in Portland this year? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, being on the back on the ice, I mean, it's been really good. I mean, especially being here right now in the at the World Junior Showcase. Um, there's a ton of great, great talent here, and a lot of kids I grew up playing against. And um, yeah, it's been really cool just to be here the first few days, and hopefully have a great rest of the week. Yeah, being here the whole summer, kind of with the Red Wings, has been really cool for me. I mean, it's been it was the first time I've been up, been able to come up. Uh, mm-hmm. to Detroit and just kind of meet everybody kind of in person and um, kind of see the facility and whatnot and some other players that are here, some other prospects. I mean, it's been a really cool experience for me just because, like, I mean, it's super exciting also. Like, you know, that like some of these kids, I mean, a couple of the guys that are here 
for prospects I'm living with. They're really nice guys. A couple new really good friends I have now. So I'm mean, looking forward to like hopefully having a future teammates of them and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's been really fun. You know, Cross, what does it mean to be drafted uh, by the Red Wings? You said you came uh, back into the area in the Novi, Plymouth area in July, and you'll be here until the middle of August or so, training and learning, as you said, uh, competing against uh, many players. You were on a line the other night with Chaz Lucius, one of our guests on the podcast. What does it mean, though, to be here as a Detroit Red Wing draft pick, one of seven players here at the Summer Showcase? Obviously, it's a huge fan base the Red Wings have here, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it really is hockey town. And I didn't really realize that until kind of after the game and after some practice here when the media wants to talk to me and the other Red Wings picks <laughs> here all the time. And I never really, like, thought about it much until that kind of happened. And – uh I mean, yeah, I mean, it really is hockey town and everybody kind of knows who the Red Wings guys are here and stuff. There's a bunch of little kids in the crowd with Red Wings jerseys on. And I mean, yeah, it's really cool feeling. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been really good. You know, Cross, for our Red Wings fans, they may not know that you have a family connection to the team. Your dad, Trevor, was a free agent at the Red Wings camp in 1993. I spoke with him earlier today, and, you know, he was only 18 years old back then, Cross. He was coming off a 28-goal season with the Regina Pats. He's from Regina. I'm from Moose Jaw. Uh, Local hockey fans know Saskatchewan with Gordie Howe and Floral Saskatchewan. Your dad remembers playing on a line with Keith Primo and Dallas Drake. He was actually here, Cross, for about 10 days He got to play in a rookie game against the Leafs at Joe Louis Arena, the old Joe Louis Arena and the old Maple Leaf Gardens. He said it was Scotty Bowman's first year. And Red Wings like Steve Eiserman made players like your dad feel like part of the organization. We heard that earlier this year from Matt Ellis, who's now with the Buffalo Sabres, that when you're drafted or as your dad was a free agent, they were welcomed into the dressing room. And I just wonder what you know about your dad's Red Wings background there in 1993, because he said it's really interesting that it's come full circle now with you here in Detroit. He's, of course, coaching down in Dallas right now in the Dallas area. But what do you make of your dad's background here with the Red Wings? Yeah, he's definitely told me a lot of hockey stories and stuff. And that was, I mean, one of them just kind of Mm-hmm. when he kind of got invited to camp and stuff. And, I mean, it was pretty cool just kind of the day it happened, that, like uh, when I got picked by the Wings, that, I mean, it just kind of happened like that where he he went he went to the camp back in the day and then I get picked by them mm-hmm. back now last year and stuff like that. I mean, it was pretty funny coincidence, but, I mean, I think I got the upper hand on him a little bit. <laughs> you know, he also talked a bit about uh, his older brother, Randy. He's a big Red Wings fan, as you know, your Uncle Randy. And apparently your dad was saying that there's a photo that he sent to us of you when you're four years old and Uncle Randy giving you a Red Wings jersey. Now, you're only four years old, then, and you're in the Dallas area and things. But um, what do you make of that? Honestly, I don't even remember getting the jersey. I was pretty young. I was probably younger than four, to be honest. I don't even know. <laughs> but honestly, I don't even know if he's a if he's still a Wings fan or not. I mean, I haven't really talked to him about that in a while. But, uh, I mean, he probably still is. He used to love him growing up, so I'm sure he still likes him now. But, <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> kind of happened that way. You know, your dad talked about you being a student of the game across uh, and learning about time and space, supporting the puck, and 
some of the things he thought that you learned early on and then your natural talent and skills and dedication seem to come to the forefront. But I'm just wondering, with many hockey players with, uh, with, with somewhat famous fathers who have played um, in junior hockey like your dad did, he scored like 99 goals in four years with Regina and Saskatoon and then played in the minors and is a scout now with the Portland Winterhawks and has coached the AAA teams in Dallas for 17, 18 years. What was that like having your dad sort of just uh, steer you, guide you uh, through those early stages? Yeah, obviously. I mean, any kid who kind of grows up with a dad that that used to play the game at a high level. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, my dad was just short of making it, but uh, I, I mean, but he still knows exactly what kind of what he's talking about um, to make it. Just because he's kind of on that side of the thing where he knows what he could have done better, but he didn't get the opportunity to do that at the time. So he know he makes sure that I know what to do at all times, kind of, so I don't. So I make sure that I end up making it one day. And, um, yeah, when I was younger, he kind of, I mean, he's always pushed me super hard um, just to become a harder worker and just everything to do with all that stuff. When I was younger, I didn't really like to pass the puck much. So he used to always get me on, get on me about that. And just a lot of things that he helped me out with and kind of, like you said, steered me down the right road. And, you know, Cross, he also talked about, and something you said there just reminded me where he said, you know, he wish he had all this skill development and this leadership and, and all the training, all the things that he didn't have growing up in Regina. He said he learned the game outdoors. And while he learned under a lot of really good coaches and, and, uh, and was quite successful in his career, it's still interesting. He said that when you look at Dallas and that area, and I'm sure you're asked this all the time. And our Ted Coffin talked to you at the draft last year about the growth of Dallas hockey. And your dad talked about skill development. Uh, I believe this year he has a squirt and a mites team triple a, but just reading and reacting skating. Um, I asked your dad how many rinks, you know, there would have been back in about 2003 um, when he uh, moved down there. And he said, they're just a handful. But now, like the Dallas Stars, the team that you played for, the Dallas Stars, you know, um, elites, AAA, you know, minor leagues, he said that there are about seven rinks uh, that, are pro- that are owned by the Stars. Each has at least two uh, ice pads on each one. And there's just a few uh, privately owned rinks. But what do you tell your friends when they ask about Dallas hockey? Um, what comes to mind across? I think it's super cool that I kind of came from Dallas and a lot of guys coming from the South mm-hmm. uh, starting to come like Arizona starting to come just like Dallas is and all the things like that. I mean, I think, I mean, people don't really think of the South, the Southern States to be that hockey hotbed type thing um, where the teams are good or players are good or anything like that. They just think they're just going to walk all over you and stuff like that. So I think from a young age, I kind of took that, I mean, personally, kind of, but I also just like mm-hmm. kind of wanted to prove people wrong that I mean, like we we're, we got some good players down here in Dallas and we got a good coaching and we got a good program down there and that we can we can compete with just the top programs in the in the country as well. So, I mean, I think kind of all not just me, but like all the kids who kind of growing up through the through the um, Dallas Stars League program, we always wanted to. Because we were always that underdog team, and we always wanted to prove mm-hmm. teams wrong if we came up to Michigan or something or went out east or 
came up north to Minnesota or something like that. Just throughout youth hockey, we always wanted to be that team that kind of people would be like, oh, we're playing Dallas Stars. This is going to be an easy game. But we're really worried. I mean, we kind of we, – we'll come in and we actually beat them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that was probably, probably one of the coolest things, I think, growing up for us. And it kind of really – helped all of us in Dallas to kind of be more competitive like that because everybody doesn't think, I don't know, any of us are good down there. You know what I mean? Cross, do you remember much about the games up in Michigan? Uh, players who are older than you with the Bell Tire organization include Captain Dylan Larkin and the new goaltender Alex Nadelkovich. What do you remember, if anything, when this team, this upstart team, came and played the strong teams, CompuWare, as well as Bell Tire? What was that like? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously there are super hard games just because Michigan's mm-hmm. got such a good youth programs up here and stuff. And, I mean, uh, another kid that, I mean, recent draft pick just the other day was Carter Mazer. He grew up playing for um, Little Caesars and stuff. So, I mean, we played him growing up a few times, and they were always the number one team in the mm-hmm. country all the time. So, I mean, yeah, obviously the competition was super hard against some of those program teams up up into um, the Detroit area and stuff. But I mean, I think some. I mean, sometimes we'd lose, sometimes we'd win, but I think we still held our own against some programs than others. But um, yeah, every time we got to come up here growing up, Good. I mean, it was yeah. real like eye opener, kind of just to see how much more we got to do and how much real how really good some of these kids are up here. Cross, just a few more questions. Thanks for your time uh, so far. So, so you're down in the Dallas area, and of course, with your dad's connections out west, you wind up with that powerhouse program, the Portland Winterhawks with Mike Johnson. Your first year, eight goals in 67 games. Your second year, 22 goals in 60 games, and that led the Wings to select you in the second round. But I'm wondering your thoughts about this uh, – this Portland Winterhawks team, your dad's a scout. They've had enormous success. And he was saying, coming back, you'll be a 19-year-old with Seth Jarvis. And your first year, he said, like, Cody Glass was the captain. You'll have a bigger role. Uh, the Red Wings just drafted uh, a goalie from Edmonton, Sebastian Kosa. I was talking to his teammate, Dylan Gunther, with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and his coach, Brad Lauer, and they're expecting a another big season and Portland should be a good team as well. So the question is, what are your thoughts about going back to Portland with a bigger leadership role in your third full season? Last year really wasn't, uh, you know, you just played a handful of games, six games. So what are your thoughts about the upcoming season? Personally, I'm super, super pumped for it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have a really good team next year. We have a lot of really good young kids. We have a really deep forward group. And we got some really good, really good guys on the back end too that are going to be older guys, and then obviously some younger guys on the back end too that are really skilled and can really skate. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, we're still not sure exactly what's going to happen uh, with some players, um, kind of with our Euros, uh, with like we have a handful of them that kind of we don't know which which way it's going to go yet, and uh, obviously with Jarvis, we don't know if he's going to stay in. Carolina or come back to or if they're going to send them back to us um which I'm hoping they do um Mm -hmm. yeah if if all if everything falls in the hand I mean we're gonna we're gonna be a really tough out in the west and uh I think we'll probably be meeting Edmonton in the finals probably next year if, if everything falls into place and until then until you figure out what's going on again you're here in the area and 
I'm just wondering how important it is for uh, not just a Dallas, uh, uh, somebody from Dallas, but an American perhaps making this U.S. national team. And we talked to Matt Beneers earlier this year, Cross, and he was the youngest player on that team. He started on the fourth line and played various roles, and he was selected, what, second overall in the NHL draft last weekend by Seattle. But he said, what an exciting final against Canada and the buildup and to finally win the gold medal. And what are your thoughts about trying to, to make this team? And there's so many talented players that you're playing alongside. We talked about Chaz, Lucius, but defensive pairings of, uh, of Luke Hughes and Jake Sanderson. There's just so much talent coming back. So um, how important is it for you to, tr to make this hockey club? For every kid here, I mean, it's always been all of our dreams, obviously, to play in the World Junior Tournament. I mean, every kid growing up, that's their dream. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, obviously right now is just the first step of making the team, kind of getting uh, showcasing yourself um, with the two teams that we have here. And like you said, there's, a, there's so much talent out on the ice uh, from up front to the back end to in the pipes. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm kind of just do whatever – whatever I can to make this team. I mean, whatever role they have, I mean, I got to accept it and uh, run with that. Um, even if it's one that I'm not used to, I mean, I'm still going to take that challenge on and uh, mm -hmm. work, work really hard for it and uh, try to earn the spot on this team. You raise an interesting point about uh, different roles because um, I think your dad said you're, you're, well, you're six one between 175, 180. Could you, you may not be in a high scorer. You may not be in a top six role. You could be, you could also be uh, on a checking line. Yeah. I mean, just any way I can get in the lineup or be on this team at all, just yeah. would be such an honor and stuff. And I mean, I think just, I just got to accept whatever role that they give me and uh, just keep, try to keep getting better at that and uh, try to be, yeah, just try to get a spot on this team. And finally, Cross, um, when I was talking to your dad about uh, your next steps, you're so many steps away still. You're still like 19 years old going back, and there's the possibility of Grand Rapids and, and learning uh, at, a, at a regular pace, a steady pace. And I just wonder what your thoughts are about, um, do you even allow yourself to look past, uh, I mean, you're playing on Tuesday in a game, uh, you know, Team Blue is probably what you're thinking of, but do you allow yourself some time to, to listen to your dad and just sort of um, get a better sense of like how far you've come, but also how far you have to go? Oh yeah. I mean, I know that also. I mean, sure. I just, I mean, obviously you're still in juniors, right? I mean, you're like, nothing's given to you. So, I mean, you got to work for everything you have and uh, to earn everything. And um, yeah, I know, I know it's still a long road ahead, obviously. And uh, it is for everybody. So um, just got to be that guy that kind of takes it head on and keep go keep rolling with it and try to try to get there. Cross, thanks again for your time today. Best of luck at the summer showcase, and then as you move on and prepare for the upcoming Western Hockey League season in Portland. Thanks again for your time, Cross. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Our thanks again to Cross Hannes. Ted, let's continue our look at the new Red Wings. A couple more players. Here's defenseman Nick Letty. Hey, Nick, was there any shock at all? Or, I mean, it seems like your name was out there last week or two. Was there any shock or surprise? Or were you kind of expecting something to happen? I think it was a little bit of both, honestly. Um, you know, I think when you get traded, it, it's a shock either way. But, you know, I was, uh, I think, uh, you know, the uncertainty is the worst part. Um, 
for me and I think uh, anyone, honestly, uh, in this situation. But uh, at the end of the day, it is a business. And, and um, you know, it's just kind of how it goes sometimes. You know, just going from a Final Four team the last couple of years to a team that's rebuilding, I mean, I don't know, is there a little bit of culture shock there? Or just, I mean, what's your feelings on all that and all? Um, it doesn't change my approach um, for me. Like I said, I, I think, you know, anyone would say the same thing, but it's just all about winning games. And um, I'm here to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm, um, I know Franzi pretty well uh, when he was in um, New York and, and uh, Greiser. Um, and, you know, I think uh, this opportunity is going to be great for me. Sounds good. Thanks for this, Nick. Thank you. Ted, how about the decision to bring in Nick Letty, the trade with the Islanders, Letty making it to the final four the past two years. And as you've mentioned too, though, he's now coming to a team where he'll be mentoring players, getting lots of ice time and helping out offensively. Well, Mark, I mean, he's been a long time top four defenseman. He's played, played, uh, played well for the Islanders here the last couple of years on long playoff runs. Uh, very good offensive defenseman. Uh, According to a lot of people who've watched him much more, he's a little scary. He can be a little scary on the on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, he's he's better than what they had. There's no question about it. And, it, and if things go sideways, I mean, he can he could he could be a valuable chip, chip at the trade deadline. But again, he's the type of guy they haven't had the last couple of years. Just a quality, you know, it's a good strong. Long-time quality NHL defenseman. You can produce offense. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're better because of – they're better today than they were last season simply because they have a guy like that on the roster. Let's move on and hear now from goaltender Alex Nedeljkovic, the former Plymouth Whaler goaltender who was a finalist this past year for the Calder Trophy. The answer kind of stole my thunder on one of those questions. But just as far as you and Carolina, did you guys get far as far as – talking negotiations or anything had you got had that even started it up to yesterday or anything i kind of let my agent deal with a lot of those things i've worked with him for uh, a number of years now since basically I, I i kind of started junior hockey and he i kind of you needed an agent um at that time so i i put all the trust in him i have full trust in him full confidence that you know he was looking out for my best interests and um you know, he came to me with a few things, a few offers that Carolina had made and we, you know, we discussed them and we ultimately, you know, where they were and where we were just, it wasn't on the same page. And like I said before, this is a business just as, just as much as it is a game nowadays. So, um, you know, we have to do what's best for us sometimes and the team has to do what's best for them. And, you know, we just couldn't come to an agreement. And uh, fortunately, like I said, we were able to move on and, and get moved to uh, a great organization and a uh, place that fits perfectly for, for us and our personal lives, too. Yeah, for sure. Do you spend a lot? You, do you still spend a lot of time in Parma or not? Um, yeah, we go back every so often and, and see family. My family and I are very close. So we were actually just there this past weekend, um, had a little family party and things like that. So. It's only like a two and a half hour drive from here. Um, so it's really not that crazy. We still, we, like I said, see family as much as we can. The in-laws live in Akron and we cull through Parma 
Parma on the way back because my wife has friends. The little Polish diner and Mission Barbecue yeah. are outstanding. Oh, They're yeah. Really <laughs> Thanks for this, Alex. No problem. Ted, how does the goaltending situation look heading into training camp with Alex Dodelkovich and Grice in goal? What are your thoughts there? I tell you, Mark, I, this will be fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at some people and the wings pulled off thievery of the decade or something or the millennium. Others aren't quite as sure. It'll be fascinating to watch. I mean, Nadelkovich did, certainly did have a very good season, but some folks don't think he, he's really that type of goaltender in the long term. Carolina obviously was willing to trade him away. It'll be uh, he, with the times he played against the Wings, he certainly looked more than capable. I thought he looked good in the playoffs too. You know, as good as the Wings defense is right now, it's still, I mean, the people in front of him aren't nearly as good as the Carolina roster. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to watch. But again, you know, it was certainly worth the gamble for the price that they paid, a third-round draft pick and negotiating rights for Jonathan Bernier, who, didn't, who did not even wind up in Carolina. Goodness gracious, for the price, I mean, it was well worth the gamble. You would you would think that this guy can provide the wings with some adequate enough goaltending here the next couple of years. So on paper, it looks like a heck of a deal again for the wings. And finally, Ted, let's take a quick look at the NHL draft. Our first look at the first rounders. The first pick was Simon Edvinson, who was our guest on episode 56. Now let's hear from the goaltender they took later on in the draft, Sebastian Kosa, the goaltender from the Edmonton Junior Oil Kings. Hey, Sebastian, congratulations. Hey, you may have touched on this earlier. I joined a few minutes late, but how much do you use or how do you use your size to your advantage? I mean, it's got to be an advantage in that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously when I'm, when I'm at the top of my crease, there's, there's not a lot to shoot at. Um, so obviously just kind of still, still recognizing that and, uh, you know, patterning my game around that, um, you know, my hands don't have to move as much or, or, uh, you know, my depth control, um, is a big focus part for me, but, um, obviously there's, there's bigger holes that come with bigger goalies, but you know, when I'm seeing the puck very well, um, you know, I, I definitely use my size to my advantage. Did you gravitate to goaltending like right off the bat or did you, was there another position you played or anything? Uh, yeah, I played uh, forward for uh, when I was in initiation and novice. And then uh, I think it was my novice second year. I, uh, there was three goalies to start the year. Um, and by Christmas, I was the last one standing. Uh, we were rotating that year. So uh, I've just kind of stuck with it since then. And, and I love the, the pressure. And I love the stress that comes with it. Um, obviously, I don't get stressed. Um, but just the pressure of, of being that last guy back there and you know, kind of kind of being the villain and uh, or kind of the hero there. So. so you kind of liked it right off the bat then, right? Definitely. Yeah, I did. Sounds good. All right. Stay away from Sherlock Holmes pub downtown. That's a Detroit media favorite. <laughs> okay. Okay. Congratulations. Sounds good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Well, thanks. So Ted, how about that first round then when you look back taking a defenseman and a goaltender, we won't see those players for a couple of more years, but what are your thoughts now a week or so later about Edmondson and especially Kosa, the six foot six inch goaltender from Edmonton? Oh, Mark. Uh, well, like you said, we won't see these kids for a few years, but, Certainly have the pedigree. They have the a lot of scouts love him. Edvinson, he's been compared to Victor Hedman in some quarters, which you know probably isn't fair to the kid, but he certainly has skills and potentially he could be a top two, top four defenseman who's going to help this organization for a lot of years. And then the Kosa kid, mm-hmm. uh, the more and more you hear from people, 
might be he might be one of the best goaltending prospects here in the last year or two or three. Um, big, athletic, confident. Uh, I think we won't know till much, much later, but it certainly seems on paper like the Wings did well there with those two picks. So that'll do it then for today's podcast, episode 58. For all your Red Wings coverage, you can find Ted stories at DetroitNews.com, and you'll also find us on our Octopulse Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram stories, and Snapchat. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you closer to training camp. (laughs) 